Welcome to Season 2 of the Week Pastor Podcast, where we view Christianity through the lens of vulnerability. Welcome to the Week Pastors Podcast. We are so grateful that you have joined us today. Emphasis um, on the S. Emphasis on the <laughs> S, because we have more than just one pastor on this show. Officially, we have Pastor Gio. What's up, Gio? Hey, everyone. I'm back. Yeah, it's so great to have you back Yay. here uh, again. Just Sue and I, huge props to to you about uh, helping us out with our social media. It has definitely, definitely been such a vast improvement, right, Sue? For sure. Different level, different level. Yeah. Totally. So, Jill, I know you were here in Jersey just for a little bit, but you had a good time out here. Yes, you were out for. A I did. Party. Yeah, yeah. It was for IJ's bachelor party. Um. I don't understand how y'all like do like deal with the cold. <laughs> so Sue, Gio it was very cold here. when I Gio came. Gio came here when it was like zero <laughs> degrees, like two degrees, oh, and no. it was only for a few days. Yeah, but he was here during that time, and now it's sixty degrees here. It's actually Wait, warmer Gio, here than it is in LA. Do you even have yeah. a winter coat? No, that's get <laughs> <had> a <laughs> <laughs> I had to borrow from people. I had to be like. Um, can I have this jacket for now and, and this jacket for now and this jacket oh, for man. now? Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. that's a real problem. Yeah. I ended up using like one one jacket, this Patagonia jacket, um from IJ's cousin. Um nice. a lot more. Um mainly because it looked nice, but you it also casually forgotten you know, to return it and just like taken it with you. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I know. I should have. Wait, should've. what is the winter like though where you are? Well, the winter, winter he in LA is like it's not it's it's well see I because you're cold, wearing but flannel people, right now. Yeah, just because it was windy. It was windy outside. So <laughs> normal. Is it like windy and like sixty degrees? Yeah, like or 70, oh 60, 70 70? degrees. Yeah. Geo, yeah. take that flannel off. <laughs> take it off right now. You're I know. Not worthy. Uh, your yeah, no years. other <laughs> other other states laugh at us when we wear hoodies because we're like wearing hoodies in like 70 80 degree weather. <laughs> mm, yes, you are. I remember oh, I lived I lived there rushes. 3 years ago, so I mean, I lived yeah. there for 3 years, so. But anyway, guys, um we have an important topic to get to, but before that, I do have an opening question. I got two questions cuz they're, they're going to be fast. They're they're not going to be like Okay. Some of my crazy ones that you got to really think through, okay? All right. So, my first question is simply this. Um, if you could go on a date with any living celebrity, who would it be? All right. Any living living celebrity, who would it be? All right. And then the 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 last question is the next question is uh favorite country you've been to, but also the a country you really want to go visit. Would love to know that about you guys. All right. Favorite country you've been to so far, but also a country you would really like to go visit that you have not visited before. All right. Pretty cool, pretty mm. quick, right? All right, so for me, yes, my celebrity date I would like to go on is Elizabeth Hurley. Oh yeah, like now yeah, or in her, her prime? Yeah. No, no, now, now, now. I just, I, I think, I think she's great, and um, I, I just, I love her accent. I just, I, Wait, I just want to sit down so, and hear her talk. That is such a random one. Yeah, I just, I, I think you know, I just, I would love to just have lunch with her and just hear her talk. I for sure I you love thought you accent. were going to say like Alyssa Milano or something. You know what? I think I think for me it would be Elizabeth Hurley or Sunny Toscalo. She's not a she's celebrity. Not, she might, not, be, might not. Know. No, Sunny's not a celebrity. If it was Sunny was a celebrity, I definitely would do it. Mm -hmm. But I would love to, you know like that British accent. She'd be like, "Darling, darling," you know that kind of darling, thing. I think it'd be pretty yes. funny. 
I think it's pretty fun. It was pretty entertaining. It's a really random one. It was pretty random, right? But I, I did love Austin Powers, and I loved her in Austin Powers. I thought she was fantastic in Austin Powers. Um, favorite country for me, of course, it's South Africa, uh, hands down. But also uh, a country that I would love to visit. I've never been outside of like Mexico and Dominican Republic. I've never been to South America. I would love to go to Brazil and maybe visit a few other countries in South America. That would be wonderful for me. So. That's 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 wow. the place that I have to go explore because I've not explored South America. I've explored everywhere else, but South America is a place I've not really explored. So hmm. anyway, yeah, mm. that's me. Go Geo. Go Geo. Okay, so it it would have to be well. Okay, I'm I'm stuck between two, but like one is Ana de Armas. Who's that? I, I she is so dreamy. Who's she? Who's that? Is right. She, she, was on... she was in Knives Out. Knives Out. The first yeah. one. Okay. She was also in the Bond movie. She was also yeah, Marilyn most, Monroe yeah. recently in a very scandalously rated. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anna D. I, did, I didn't watch that one. But, okay. I'm yeah. sure you did it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but, no, but I literally said to John, I said, John, what does a movie have to do? to get a rating of like NC-17. Like what does it, because even like we looked up like Game of Thrones and stuff and that was also yeah. R. And so I was like, what does a movie have to do to merit the rating system of an NC-17? The only one I remember growing up being NC-17 was like Showgirls. Wait, she's dating Ben Affleck, huh? No. No, that's J-Lo. <laughs> oh no 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 no! But has she, she was dated? dating. She was dating. Okay, ben okay. Because I see pictures yeah. of her and Ben Affleck together. Okay. okay we need was, to get yes. you more current. J Lo <laughs> and Ben Affleck early. recently got matching eternity tattoos. I know that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. There you go. And then, um, yeah. And then the second would be like, I want to go on a bro date with um, Captain America. <laughs> Chris, oh. Evans. Chris Evans, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he does he does so much like um, politically and like mm. other stuff, you know. So, oh, wanna... bro, date that's cool. Yeah, that's like that's yeah. a good one. All right, cool. Yeah, what about country? and then I haven't been I haven't been outside of the country, but I do want to visit um, like Italy, but more specifically Greece. Um, mm -hmm. Gosh, you know, like that place where they film Mamma Mia. Yeah, what, I don't forget what island is Santorini. It, I don't know what island that is. Santorini. Oh, it's Santorini. Yeah. No. Is it Santorini? Yeah, I, I think it, it is Santorini. I think it's Santorini. Yeah, yeah. just because okay. I love I love the blue and white. Um, yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. That, like skyline and yeah, it's beautiful. So so Gio, that never... and maybe Iceland, Iceland. Ooh. Um, to go to the spa, the Blue Lagoon Spa. Hey, so you've never been out of the country? <laughs> I have never been outside of the country. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Got to make that happen. Got to make that happen. Okay. All right. Uh what about you, Sua? Um What are you what are you looking up? I, I can't remember his name. <laughs> it's got to be Sua, it's got to be living, okay? A what, living no, celebrity. No, I what do you, wait? Who did you think I was gonna say? I I I, I, I this is a really interesting question for you. I, was, I yeah. thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say Tim Keller. That is honest. who I was gonna say. <laughs> that is absolutely who I was gonna say. That is my bro date, girl date, girl crush, yeah. boy crush. All my crushes in one is personified in Timothy J. Oh my Keller. lord! Oh my. <laughs> Sorry, Kathy Keller. I'll oh. bring him right back to you after a short three-hour date. <laughs> <laughs> oh I mean, boy! I've even—I mean, I, he's so 
you know, I'm not going to go into it because I, I just confessed in a recent episode that I had I had stayed away from Tim Keller for a while. Like it was he was just too it was too t- tempting for me in many ways. And so I Big stopped dreamy. listening yeah. to I read some of his books, but I feel like the books are not as um, carnal. <laughs> <laughs> something about seeing him speak so eloquently that just like draws me in so i stopped watching his youtube videos like i just stopped listening to his sermons like i stopped but then recently i was like you know what like i think i've evolved like i'm almost 40 now like i really feel like i'm at a place where i can do this without becoming idolatrous or whatever so i started listening and like i'm addicted i can't stop listening to his stuff again <laughs> my goodness so Tim Keller, <laughs> for sure, hands down for me. Tim, Keller. he's not. I mean, he. I mean, yeah, he's pretty well known, but he's not a celebrity. I would. I think th- I question. I mean, in your eyes, he I is, mean, but in the, in the majority world, of the Ameri- I mean, America would yeah. not consider him to be a celebrity. You, you're not off the hook there, all right? So somebody that somebody very famous, like super famous, that people would know, even a non-Christian would know. Come on, on a date, not that guy from Bridgerton. That guy is very handsome, but I feel like all he is is good looks. Like I feel the, like there's no real like appeal to him. The black guy, right? Yeah. He is like I would say this. He is a really good looking dude, man. That dude. You're, is you have a bias dark. towards black. No, but he brothers. is. That that brother is. I mean, I'm telling you, he's a good looking dude. I mean, I. The yeah. hilarious thing about him was that he came on a commercial and there was a girl that was just hanging out at the house, one of Jenny's friends. And the way she talked about him, I couldn't stop laughing. It was like a dude <laughs> talking about a girl on TV. Like, I was just like, oh my God. I was like, you're like a guy. Like, the way you like describe him and, and everything. So, anyway, I was just like, yeah, he must be good looking to get that kind of response. All out right. Of I will tell you somebody that I used to really like, but okay, my friend yeah, Jenshin was like, so I think he has like a billion STDs. And she's probably right, but it's not like I'm trying to sleep with him. Yeah. Just this a is date. just like, like a, a nice very date. casual date. Yeah, very okay. nice date. <laughs> I used to have a thing for Tom Hardy. Oh, okay. Um, Tom Hardy. Oh, yeah. He's very charismatic. Yeah. He's a great And actor. I feel like he's yeah. very versatile. Like, he's a bad boy, but he's also kind of comedic. Like, he's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he seems like he's been, like, he's had some adventures. He would be kind of fun to, like, talk to. Also, I feel yeah. like the Dark Knight series is, like, so good. Mm. But Christian Bale yeah. is not my thing. So. Okay. Mm. So you wouldn't do uh, you you wouldn't do a meal with Christian Bale? No, American do, Psycho really like like I scared no. you. Yeah, no, yeah. all of his movies are very dark, but, and I but, feel but like you he wouldn't have, have, have very much commonality with. But me. you would go on a date with Bane. Yeah, Tom Hardy. Like <laughs> yeah, I really, Jen Shin was like Sua. He's gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he, he's a real he he's a real MMA fighter now. Like, Wait, are you serious? Well, did you watch that yeah. movie that he was in? He was an MMA fighter in the movie. Um, yeah, no, but now he's an MMA fighter in real life. Really? Like he does real MMA fighter. Is he any good? Yeah. Apparently, yeah, he's won a couple wow. of fights. Interesting. Yeah. I'm gonna look. Did he date Gina yeah, look, Carano look for up. a while? I'm gonna look it up. Ooh, All right. I don't know. All right, so Sue, what about favorite country you've been to, but a country you'd um, like to go visit? Favorite country? You know what? I really liked Italy, and that's why we're going back. I haven't been mm-hmm. for 11 years. I'm taking the good. kids. Um, mm. this one is a little bit cheating, but I really would like to go to Guatemala again because I haven't been really. Since, I haven't been since '97. Um, right. and it's like the, it's like kind of like for you, you live very locally to where you grew up, right? I mean, yeah. you two geo, right? You kind of you're from yes. like that area. 
but I grew up in a country that I have not visited since 1997. And I, mm-hmm. I just feel like it's very interesting to think about the places that I, I mean, I'm sure they don't look the way they did in my imagination. Like, but it's, there's something very interesting about growing up in a place and then moving away. And so I never saw the place change. Like in my mind, it still looks exactly like the nineties. Um, but everyone tells me it doesn't look anything like that anymore. Mm. And so I'm just very curious and I would like to take my kids, but my husband is very afraid of the cartels and she won't go. So Pastor Josue will take you. Yes. I, I don't, I don't, I'm like, John, people live there. Like my friends yeah. still live there. It's yeah. fine. But I think there's something about like the sheltered American. Like yeah. you just can't yeah. imagine going somewhere where, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we need to do a live podcast in Guatemala. Take the that show on the I road. Would do. Let's that take one the I would show do. on the road, girl. All right. All right. Well, anyway, thank <laughs> Gio, you for you're sharing. Invited. Thank you for sharing. Uh, we wanted to actually change. Uh, sh- we wanted to shift t- topics here to something actually quite serious. We invited Gio to join us because um, we wanted to do a, uh, an episode on grieving. And I think part of this is that, you know, Gio has uh, your story. We're going to have you share your story, but you have had to go through some real deep seasons of grieving. And we know that right now, um, especially post-pandemic now, uh, there are more people struggling with the deep losses that they've sustained during this pandemic. And it's really hard. Uh, grieving is a really difficult thing. I just don't think it's a, it's a thing that our culture really advocates much of, nor do we think we really need to do it. So, Gio, thank you so much for your willingness to come on the sh- uh, on the on the show, and then your willingness to share your story with us. And I think we just would love to just kind of learn from you a little bit as well. But would you just mind just sharing a little bit about your story, uh, particularly where you know you've had to really grieve because I know you've lost some really close people in your life. Yeah, no, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And um, listeners, like if you are, um, you know, triggered by you know, words like death or suicide, um, you may want to like, uh, oh, skip and stuff, but like, these are trigger words, but like, um, I, I will gladly invite you to my, my trauma (laughs) that I've experienced over the past uh, couple of years. Um, so I, I'm not sure where to start with my story, but I, I think it would have to start I had to start all the way f- when I was four years old. Sure. Um, yeah. And the reason why is because at, at the age of four, I remember glimpses, like me- like memories of being at a cemetery um, and um, not quite understanding what, what was what, um, but like feeling sadness, um, but just being in this like cemetery of some sort. And... I, uh, you know, growing up, I had to ask my parents, like, you know, what, like, I'm mom, dad, I don't understand, like, I'm getting these, like, memories, I, I think they're memories of of, of a cemetery of some sort. Uh, and I was describing the cemetery to my parents. And um, I, I've been getting these dreams, like these dreams are, are, are happening. Um, and I don't know why. And, you know, it, finally, my, my parents uh, explained to me um, as, as I was growing up, like, you know, Gio, you actually had a brother. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're describing was was you when you were four years old um, at his funeral. Um, we buried mm-hmm. your brother. Um, he was he was a, a younger brother. So four years younger. Um, what had happened was he um, when he was born, 
he only lived for about uh two or three weeks mm. um and then he just wasn't strong enough and you know mm. he he passed away um and so like i you know i i sat with that um as <laughs> as like a, a five or six year old you know could and um i ended up you know, like asking like mom, dad, like, well, I want a sibling then, like, you know, mm-hmm. and um, around the six, around the age six, um, I en- ended up getting a- another sibling, um, a sister this time. Her name was uh, Rode. And um, that this is where we do this time jump. <laughs> OK, so uh, we do this time jump and now she is 15 years old mm-hmm. and I am 21 years old. And we had just finished celebrating her birthday, which is June third. We mm. surprised her, um, mm. and it was very, it was very, um, it was very beautiful surprise. Just because my sister, if if you got to get, uh, if you got, uh, if you had the chance to get to know her, she was one of the sweetest souls um, alive. Mm. She she gave like she's she served with like God's heart. Mm. She gave um, constantly of herself. Um, you know, she, like, if she saw, (laughs) if she saw a person who was, um, not well, she would sit with them, you know, and during lunchtime or recess, you know, she looked, she looked for the outcasts Mm -hmm. and, um, you can ask any of her friends. And, um, you know, they would say, yeah, she, she really, um, helped people feel love Mm -hmm. and, um, feel love. And and really that's all because she loved Christ. And so she loved others the way she loved Christ. Mm -hmm. And, um, so fast forward and now it's July 4th. And, uh, what had happened was, uh, there was this big, um, a church shift like a church uh, our church fell apart like we had uh we've been a church for tw- uh, 20 years and um uh, uh my uncle was the pastor of that church and half of half of the people like followed my uncle and the other half followed the elders mm. um because there was just i don't know there was just like some kind of drama and the church just split in half and then there came me me and my family and we were just not having it because we 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 didn't want to be like we were against both technically mm-hmm. you know because wow. like we didn't side with with either mm-hmm. uh, but we you know we've been a church for so long together that it's like well where do you go where do you go from here mm-hmm. you know this is like a like a divorce uh, mm-hmm. of sorts so in that sense uh there was a grieving of 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 loss of of a church and of a community but uh Around July fourth, uh, the elders they invited my family and I to kind of uh, to hang out and just like they, they were going to do this like you know like a Bible study slash try to figure out like where do we go from here? Can we um, like not asking us to like be with them, but more like just to be present and kind of just guide along the process. And so uh, we had, because it's July 4th in California, we had a pool party and uh, a lot of the adults were inside like doing their meeting. And I and my sister and two mothers were tasked in um, 
you know, watching over the kids. And I don't quite remember how many kids there were. I think there were about like five to seven kids. Um, and they were all like under the age of like six or seven, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I've been in the pool so much longer. So I decided like I told my sister like, hey, <laughs> I'm going to head out because my my hands are all like pruney. Uh, so I went to go shower at the uh, pool house. And about five minutes later, um, I hear like frantic knocking uh, at, at the door. And it was just like, Gio, get out. Gio, get out. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm trying to shower here. Um, so I, I put on some clothes and um, I, I, I figured – a kid had hit his head or something, mm-hmm. you know, like kids, kids being kids, you mm-hmm. know. But as I got out of the um, the pool house, from across the pool, I could see my sister lying on the floor, mm-hmm. like unconscious. And um, the, one of the parents, one of the dads had just um, fished her out of the water. And so it was this like out of body experience where uh, I'm pretty sure I was under shock where like I could, I see my sister and I want to get to there and my body is going to there, but I don't like my mind's not registering that I'm running Mm -hmm. actually, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I run to her and I see her, her skin is just, it's like porcelain white and gray. Mm -hmm. And her her eyes were just like it. They look gone, and so I started performing CPR on her, and it's not like the movies. <laughs> like, I wish it was. As I as I pushed and and breathed and pushed and breathed and pushed and breathed, like water was coming out but she wasn't regaining consciousness and and here's like this is where get this is how like things get more complicated as i share my my story because you know i've shared this story with a with a christian therapist but when I, as I'm, I'm performing CPR, like what I found out later, and 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 I and I, I heard it was like, uh, you know, one of the pastors that was invited there, like I guess, what happened was instead of 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 like immediate action taken, I think like they did like a prayer of resurrection, like you know, like mm. I, I remember like the, like. I even remember as I was doing CPR, like the pastor, like kind of pray, praying over resurrection, like, like for her, for her to be resurrected and this and that. And like, I get traumatized over the word <laughs> Holy Spirit because of it. Mm. And um, like, I, I think. <laughs> If if I could just be frank, like bad theology kills, yeah, uh, is is what what happened in my mind, because I'm like God has given us a mind. Like if yeah. if your if your kid has a broken arm, 
like you take them to the doctor if there's a like a fire in your house you 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 uh you know call 911 and get the, the firefighters to come and like if someone breaks into your house you call 911 to get the get the, the police to come this is like an emergency and like no i get i get that prayer is powerful and important but like you like what is going on you guys wasted time mm-hmm. um and you could have like like done something and not have waited for me to uh to be there to perform cpr like you guys could have done something and instead of just praying for resurrection and so uh anyway uh the par- paramedics come and uh they were able to take her in and uh they were able to find they were able to find a pulse and they took her to uh, the hospital and oh i felt so good <laughs> i felt so gutted because as an older brother i felt like i failed <laughs> i felt like i failed my younger sister i felt yeah. like i failed my parents because you know that's my job i had one job protect and i couldn't do it hmm. and i felt i felt powerless i felt like a failure um i felt like i felt so disoriented i I was in disbelief i felt numb i felt angry i felt so many mixed feelings and um and just to see my parents i think what i think what what hurt the most was seeing my parents Mm-hmm. Because, because you know, I, I I knew they had lost. You know, I had lost a brother. I, I knew that. Even at twenty one, I knew like they, this is gonna hurt, like kill them or something. Yeah. This is gonna mm-hmm. this is devastating. Um, and the paramedics, the paramedics, they uh, took her to the hospital and. Uh, the doctors were able to perform like all this, all these procedures, but uh, oxygen just wasn't going into her brain. You know, mm. it just was, it was too, too much, like uh, too much time had passed. And uh, too much time had passed. And the next day, The next day, uh, they asked us what we wanted to do, and you know, the only thing that was keep really keeping her alive was the the machine. And yeah. so, you know, we, you know, we we made the decision together as a family to, uh, yeah, to take her off off the machine. Yeah. And uh, I, I put my hand on, on my sister's, like hair, and just. <laughs> I gently brushed her hair and I just I said I'm sorry. Mm. I'm sorry I I I couldn't do much and I didn't do enough and I I put my uh I put my ear uh next to her heart and as they you know took took off took her off the the ventilator uh I got to hear her heartbeat 
beat for its last time. <laughs> and it was exactly what I needed. And uh, mm. because like what you kind of have to understand about my relationship with my sister is we were very close. Uh, she was like a even though she was six years younger, she she was very mature for her age. And like she was like I, I could say she was one of my best friends. And um like she was she was my answered prayer as a kid, you know, <laughs> as a six-year-old kid, like praying for God to give me a sibling. She was that answer. <laughs> she was the answered prayer. And so so when she died, I I got, I got a mix, uh, mix emotions of God with God. You know, like I was, I was angry with God because sure. it's like, like wow, God, you are such a uh, a tease. Mm. You're such a tease. You mm. you only gave her, you only gave her to us for just fifteen years. Only if, that's it. <laughs> Yeah. Are, are are you kidding me? You know? And um something you also have to understand about my family is that, you know, uh we are a ministry family and like we're so used to we're so used to serving others. And um I to be honest, I'm so used to being surrounded by death. And the reason why is because growing up we were that family that when someone was in the hospital, we were there. Mm -hmm. Like my parents, because that's the way my parents taught me is the ministry of presence is so important uh, for, for, uh, for us as a church to be there for one another. Right. And like, I'm so used to, to seeing death, even as a kid. Like, I, I think like looking back, I think that's why I am so like, I am the way I am or like why I have this like sense of maturity is because my parents would constantly take me like I would hate it as a kid growing up like mom I just want to play video games but no like we have to go to the hospital because so and so is sick or so and so is dying and as a kid I I got to witness like different people in our congregation as they enter you know the the next life you know mm -hmm. right but nothing could compare like nothing could could prepare that happening to me and and my family like nothing could like could prepare us for that um but i i think this is where the like the beauty of of Romans 12 um i think 60 or 17 says rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn and like i i i I believe like this is where like God shows up, like God shows up through the people, through our church, uh, that even like while like y'all like don't like the, the hospital had to close down the wing because literally 400, 400 people mm -hmm. showed up to the hospital mm -hmm to be with us or to visit my sister in, in some sense, wow. like 400 people like, and, and, and this is like, 
some of these people don't even go to my church. These are people from other churches, other Indonesian churches. And, and I think part of it is because we're such a small community in, in America that, you know, I think that's something I'm proud of, of my Indonesian side is we will show up for each mm-hmm. other because there's just so little of us mm-hmm. that we will show up for each other. And uh, yeah, so they, so like, I will always remember that. I will, I, I think I will always remember God. Like even, th- even though I was angry at God, I will always remember God's faithfulness through, <laughs> through his people, mm-hmm. through being present. <laughs> like, a lot of people ask me, like, why are you still so faithful to God when, like, you got through so much? And it's like, I, I have to say, like, how can I not be faithful? Like, because God has shown up in in the ways that, like, you don't think he would show up. And, like, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes he shows up through people, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, he showed up through this community of believers, my church, but he showed up through the community of the greater church, right? Like mm. the, like people all over uh, to the point where when the funeral happened, like a, like a month later, because it took a month because they had to do some investigation. Um, yeah, into yeah, can it. I like, just anything, ask you like, did she drown? Yeah. Is that what happened? She drowned in the water? Yeah. So what happened was uh, the police believe that what happened was a kid, uh, this uh, one of the five, five or six year olds, uh, this heavy set kid who didn't know how to swim. He was scaling the walls of the pool, like to get to the deep side, and had fallen in to the deep side. Hmm. And my sister, uh, seeing him like in this frantic, crazy thing, like went to go save him and my sister's not a lifeguard you know she's yeah. she's just supposed to be there just to watch but she like her instinct that that's 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 just who she is her instinct is to go save people and so so she 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 tried to save him and and the thing is what you have to know about any drown like anyone who's yeah. drowning yeah. is that it's 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 very dangerous because yeah when you're trying to go save them they're so in their like frantic mode of of self preservation that they end up like you know hitting you or end up like pulling you in so yeah. that they could have some time to to like get a moment and they end up drowning the the person they're saving yeah and that's what the police believe happened yeah and like and I'm going to be honest right now. Like I, I, one of the things I don't have closure in, and I'll never have closure, yeah, unless someone unless someone confesses something, is that like what were the two mothers doing? Yeah, like that's what I want to know. Why? Yeah. Like they like the reports say, like the witness reports say that they had um, had saw like the kid get out of the water and he was like coughing. So they got him a towel, but they didn't see my sister mm. like at the bottom of the pool, which to me is like sus because my, my sister was wearing like, uh, like a, like a bright colored, uh, bathing suit. And it's like, how, how could you not see? Like, it's so bright, yeah. you know? And like, how could you not put to like, as a, as a parent, like, how could you not put two and two together? Like a, a kid had just got out of the water coughing 
oh, he was in trouble. Like, wouldn't you be looking around? And like, how could you not see somebody in the water? You know, mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't know. I, I can't. I don't. I don't have closure yeah. for that, and I, I, I never oh, will man. unless someone confesses something. But that's what happened. And, and you said the pastor uh, was there too. The pastor was there. Uh, a pastor that they had invited. Uh, yeah, like, not my uncle. Like a different pastor. Yeah, a different pastor, yeah. and he was there, yeah. and he like yeah, and there was there was no help there as well. Well, no, he was there in the in the no, he was in not in outside. Bath. He was inside oh, he was in the after aftermath. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So one of the dads had had like checked in on their kid, and they went outside, and then they noticed mm. like something caught his eye in the water, mm. aka my sister's bathing suit, and so like hmm. he went in and like fished her out of the water. Wow. Uh, and that's and that's when like. The frantic knocking started. Yeah. Well, uh, Gio, first of all, you know, Sue and I didn't know anything about this. And um, thank you for your willingness to share this. Um, yes. It is absolutely heartbreaking to hear this and to hear what you had to go through and what you had to experience through all of it. And I guess, like, a question that I have for you is just like, I mean, <laughs> Other than the fact that I know you know that God's present, but how did you how did you grieve this? And I know I feel like you're still grieving, right? Because it doesn't matter how much time elapses when you lose a family member that you deeply love, there's still there's still the process of grieving. But what 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 do you what helped you um, for you to get to where you are now, where you're still a pastor, you work yeah. at a seminary, uh. And yeah. you pour into the seminary in terms of working with the youth and, and being a part of that team and all that kind of stuff. Like what has what what part of the grieving process can you share with us that's really helped you? That's like if somebody's going through a season of loss right now and they're just not grieving well, like what 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 would be like the two, three, four things that you feel like are the key things that they need to do that, that helped you to get through this? Because this is a devastating loss. Yeah. No, that's that's a great question. Like, well, first of all, like, there's no there's no set length or duration yeah. of grief. Like, it, like it comes and goes in waves, you know. Yeah. And like, I I hate it when when people tell me, oh, just give it time because time yeah. will heal mm-hmm. all wounds, and that's that's crap. Yep. Like, time does not heal your wounds. Taking the right steps heals. Yeah, and like, well, what are the right steps? Like, I, I don't like, I don't know what the steps are for you know everyone because everyone's grief is 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 different. But for but for me, it's it's uh, taking some time, like for myself, and like mm. I, I I wrote, I wrote honestly, like in a journal to God, like all my anger. <laughs> All my disappointments and mm-hmm. like I even prayed it out too. Like, mm-hmm. but like I yeah, I was just like, how like words like how could a good God do this? Or yeah, how could a kind God do that? And mm-hmm. I was just mis- I was just honest with with my yeah. myself. Like I think that's step one. And then step two was like surrounding myself with with people. Mm-hmm. Because they are God's gift, uh, yeah. you know, to us is a community. Yeah, community is God's gift to us. Uh, you know, when when I'm hugging somebody, that's God hugging me. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> when when somebody is sharing, uh, you know, a truth, a scriptural truth, that's God's word encouraging me. Hmm. So, yeah, you you have to be able to be open to community and let let the community heal hmm. heal you, but also grieve with you. And again, that that's why I go back to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Like, yeah. God knows we can't grieve alone. Like, yeah. yes, there's some of it that we got to do on our, on our own, sure. But, like, you don't have to do it alone. So why why do it alone at all? You know, like, again, yeah. like after you had done the work for yourself. Uh, so, Gio, if so, I can just interrupt you just really quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, I would just love to get some more insight on this because you said something really profound. I think many people go through this when they go through loss, especially at your level. You ask some very important theological questions. How can a kind God do this? How can an all-loving God do this? Do you feel like you've gotten answers to those questions? Or did God help you, not necessarily maybe answering those, but he helped you in some other way to help you to have peace with him not maybe answering those questions? I'd love for you to share with the audience like yeah. what happened there. Because I know when I'm talking with folks, uh, when they go through deep loss like yours, like that's the first thing, and they really struggle because they can't figure out that part. And 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 I'd love to know kind of like how you were able to make peace with that. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, so how that? So how I got through through that is is a uh, testimony. Mm. Uh, at at our church, we are wealthy in stories storytelling mm-hmm. right? mm-hmm. and so this is important to know because that like to hear other people's stories is is to look into your own story and realize that like a you don't have to do it alone and b someone has done done the work already mm-hmm. and like you don't have to like how do i say it? like you don't have to reinvent the wheel so to speak uh and so what i mean by this is there were several different stories at my church i'll I'll just share one of them yeah uh one of the elders uh at my church at the time and and this is something i wish like i I hope other churches will make a practice of doing is sharing stories especially to young people because young people need to hear your stories of adversity because Mm. like it will help them in the long run uh so that if if ever they get into a similar situation, they they have heard someone else's story. It's like okay, I I know what to do, or like okay, I mm. if if so and so can survive this, of course yeah. I can survive this. So the the story goes is like uh I'll call her Auntie Sil Sylvia, I guess. Okay, yeah, Auntie Sylvia. She uh she had asked her son uh to get. Uh, to drive to the store to get milk because uh, they she wanted to make something uh, and it required uh, milk as an ingredient. So her son did. She w- He went to the store uh, and that was the last time she saw her. She heard mm. and saw him because what happened was he ended up getting killed by a drunk driver. Mm. And she felt so devastated and gutted just like I did like 
she it's it's the curse of the if onlys and should haves if mm-hmm. you know all those things that we put in our in our heads like if only I did this if and when she told me her story I saw myself in that story even though it was completely different yeah. stories yeah. completely different way but like I saw myself in that story because I couldn't save her I had survivor's guilt I guess is mm. what the the term is and uh and yet she was this faithful believer still like how mm-hmm. and then I get more stories from other people f- from my church who shared their stories of loss and grief. And I'm like, how? How are you still how are you, how are you still alive and breathing and believing that God is good? Like we just all shared how God is terrible. Yeah. Like how how yeah. could you yeah. how could you all tell me these stories and and expect something good to come out from it? Yeah. But it did. And mm. and the reason why is because God is so familiar with that story. Mm-hmm. The, the same way that I'm familiar with Auntie Sylvia's story and all my other churches' story of grief, God, God is, is familiar with the story of grief because he grieved his own son. Yeah. His own son dying for us. And like, I know that I know that doesn't sound like a good answer, uh, but but to me, it's like, oh, that's that's yeah, of course, yeah. because I believe in a God who understands. That's right. My pain, who understands yep. us, because He Himself went through it. Yeah. So how could I call God evil when he himself knows the the same pain and uh and can empathize with with our our experience yeah. like he he knew uh he knew wow and and I think and I think the second is is of course that like people being the hands and feet of God in, in the story, like in my story, like, how do I say it? Like they were God to me. Like they, they were God's hugs and laughs and encouragements like to me. Yeah. Like, I think that's, that's also what, what, what helped me see. I, I just want uh, to, yeah, I just want our audience to to really grab what you just shared. And I think it's really profound, Gio, because so many times when we go through loss, uh, deep loss, we want answers to our questions. You know, God, how could you do this? You know, things like that. And what I'm hearing you saying is what I think I hear a lot of people say when they go through deep loss and they're still able to to be able to say that there's a God that still loves, is that God doesn't necessarily answer those questions because those questions won't give us any comfort if he answers it. Um, what he what he does do is that he joins us in the morning through his solidarity, right? Like you said, he lost his son, yeah. Jesus Christ, and the solidarity that you had with with Auntie Sylvia and other people, and that 
is what we need to be longing for when we go through loss. We can't be searching for answers. We got to be searching for others who can allow us to encounter God's deep grief that he wants to share with us. It's it's the whole thing of Lazarus when when Jesus wept and cried over Mary when they were dying when they were crying over the death of Lazarus. Jesus was going to resurrect him from the dead, but he still wept with them. And it's just yeah. like a powerful story to remind us that when we go through hurts and pains and losses, God will always mourn with us. That's the power of his love. His power of his love isn't preventing bad things from happening from our lives, but the power of his love is deeply rooted in his capacity to mourn and cry with us and bear in solidarity with our pain because he understands it. And you said it so beautifully. And that really is, I think, the key way in how people can get over, people can begin to grieve well so they can have some healing. And it's exactly what you just did because you just shared that community, solidarity, People were sharing their losses and you were crying along with them. And I just think it's so beautiful. And thank you for sharing that. Really, it's really powerful, Gio. Yeah. And and I love that you you mentioned Jesus and Lazarus because it is that story that reminds me that Jesus loves. Yeah. And Jesus and Jesus loved. Like, because when I when I when I look at grief, like like I, sometimes I'm so focused on the darkness that I fail to see that grief is is really like a language of love. Like grief arises from love, mm. because we're, like how do I say it? Like when there's no like when there's no love, there can be no grief. Yeah. Like the reason why we grieve is because we mm. love. We love. We lost mm. that love. We love. So like loving someone basically entails like accepting the possibility. That we're gonna grieve them, wow! You know, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think grief is is just really uh, like a, a part of of love. Yeah. Uh, and like one of the ways I, I've also been able to kind of uh, like go through like the pain is looking at other churches uh, and how they deal with pain, and mm-hmm. uh, so a lot of our contemporary worship music doesn't do so well with grief. Yes, they don't. Like a lot of our a lot of our music is just so joyful and happy, mm-hmm. which is it's not a bad thing, but like well what happens when we grieve? Do we not have songs uh, about grief and like you know I mean like we only we always hear amazing grace mm-hmm. as well as uh it is well with my soul yeah. as like you know two songs of, of of grief, but really only two out of like the all these songs really and so uh, I, I took a lesson for the black church. Yeah. Uh, because the black church, historically, they uh, they understand grief mm-hmm. so much so that's, yeah. that others in America, and because of the injustices that they have to yeah. go through. Yep. And their songs of lament has, has helped me. Amen. Try to understand my own like yeah sense of grief and and I hope I hope listeners are 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 not thinking that I'm appropriating like black culture or anything but I'm I'm really trying to to honor like no, the fact that not at all like yeah they know they know they know how it feels yeah to, to mourn and grief so much so than than other uh, ethnic churches and yeah. like we can learn from our black brothers yeah. and sisters and and that because yeah. that's definitely what I did and I you know I, I took different uh you know, songs that just like looked at them and just like mm. that became my song and, and prayer to God. Uh, 
because uh, when we look at lament, like the word lament, like lament is also like it's another form of praise. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's 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 a it's a different different kind of praise, and yeah. uh, so. <laughs> How do I say it? Like when people say, "Can you still praise God after all this?" I can honestly say yes, yeah, because I can lament, yeah, with God, yeah, yeah. I mean, two thirds of the Psalms is on lament. I mean, it's just you yeah. know, thirty-five chapters in the Book of Job. <laughs> it's all about grief, loss, depression, anxiety, bouts of suicide. You know, I mean, you know, there's a whole book called Lamentations. I mean, just there's so much grieving. You know, there's so much grieving yeah. and loss and lament in the Bible, and uh, it's really just a part of life. And yeah, exactly, lament is a form of worship, which I think is so beautifully stated. And and you're right. I think a lot of the music today that we sing in the churches just don't grab hold of of real lament. And it would be wonderful if there'd be more songs that would be written that really have that lament part of worship. You know, and that's it. Just yeah. lament. That's all. There doesn't need to be a happy ending to the song. It's just lament. Right? Yeah. Song of lament. Yeah. Yeah. Really powerful. Yeah. Sue, any thoughts on your end as you're processing all this? I mean, this oh is Geo. Honestly, I didn't. I might have been a little bit more careful. Maybe you know, thought twice about inviting you. But thank you for sharing this. This is. Um. I mean, it's it's a lot, and and I I I just yeah. I cannot believe this was you know what you had to go through. And thank you that yeah. you were willing to come on here and share this with us. Honestly, I just feel we feel so honored and privileged that no. you would, you would trust us with your story like this and trust this audience with your story. And I just want to thank you so much. But yeah, Sue, any thoughts that you have or anything? I'm not sure if you're going to be able to answer this, but mm. um, so do you know, I don't know. I mean, I think from what I know of you, which is not a lot, but just enough, um, you have a pretty <laughs> close relationship with your family. So I know you've shared a little bit of what your grief journey has looked like. Do you know how your parents processed it? And as yeah. a family, was there something specific mm. that you guys did to grieve? Yeah. No, they, like the year that my sister, like post my, my sister, yeah, it was the most trying time for our family. It was like a make or break our family mm. because grief, it, grief is a weird thing. Like grief puts people in different planets. Mm. And what I mean by that is because we grieve differently, we don't speak the same language yeah. or this, like we're not even yeah. on the same planet. Uh, my mom, when she grieved my sister, she was just, like absent mm. she's just absent right like she was in such depression that she was just sure. absent like there was mm. like if you talk to her she couldn't re- respond wow. mm. like she was just like like a like a stone wall like mm. she was just and she would she would be quiet all on her own and like just be in her room and, and that was it you know, mm-hmm. and it it took time because her friends had to help her see, like, y- hey, you're, uh, you know, yes, your daughter's gone, but you still have a son. Like, you're, mm-hmm. y- like, 
I'm still alive. Like, hey, I'm here, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm glad they said that for my behalf because, yeah, a part of me is like, hey, mom, I, I'm still here. Like, I still need you. Like, you, like, don't abandon me, <laughs> you know, kind yeah. of thing. Like, I, I'm, I'm still here. I, I need you to yeah. hold on for me, you know, kind of thing. Uh, my dad, my dad is... He's this very masculine dad. Like I've never really seen him cry mm. until this moment. Mm. It was like the first time I ever saw my dad cry. And mm. like he he he's just he's a very quiet, silent, like Asian father. Uh but I, I always knew my dad loved me, but like he was just very quiet, you know? Yeah. And his grief, like he it was a mixture of survival for us because like he had to work. Mm -hmm. So like he, he would work and be alone in his grief. And like, he, uh, like, I, I think for him, grieving is like, uh, grieving was, how do I say it? Like it, while he was alone in his grief, because he would be working alone, uh, mm -hmm. often because he uh he's a contractor mm -hmm. uh like doing work helped him grieve mm -hmm. like working with his hands helped him grieve like because that's how he operates he 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 he's a thinker and like he like he builds stuff so building mm -hmm. stuff helped him grieve and then there's me and i was just in college i was at ucla at the time and the the thought of it was like uh my counselor was like should you like take a year off or something and i'm like no i can't i can't afford it like take a year off i mm. so uh i decided to to continue school which was actually bad mm. uh, and and what i mean is like i knew that i would have friends to hold to to, to help me grieve because they were there my community at, at ucla was there and had i stayed home uh, only like i wouldn't be able to i think i would have gone crazy yeah uh but that that's why I commuted because I would I would be with my my family when I could and when I when I mm. had to go to school I would go to school. Uh, but y'all like there were moments when like we just as a family just could not like we would be in the same room together but we just would not be able to mm. to talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we would just like look at each other and just go to our rooms. Yeah, like it, that happened for a couple months until, mm -hmm. until finally, like I think I think it was me that was like, because I think I was strong enough then to be able to, just kind of call out my parents or just to mm -hmm. kind of shake shake them out of like to wake them up, be like, we need to do something as a family, and so we ended up like going like one day, visiting as a family, mm -hmm. uh, her gravesite for the first time. And that was like really the first time, like, wow. uh, like we had a long, longer conversations. Hmm. Uh, and we did we didn't visit her grave alone. We had other people visit with us, and we ended up having a picnic, uh, and just like talking and sharing memories. And I think that is that was what really helped heal us was yeah. everyone mm. like not just my family but the people that were there with us having this picnic just sharing memories and that yeah. was 
that was the time when we could actually laugh again because uh, we started laughing we started laughing at the memories like uh, like her jokes or her quirks and, and all that yeah you know it's it's but, you know i say i'm sorry i just say this at funerals a lot of times sometimes we focus so much on how people pass but sometimes it's really important to you know think about how they lived on earth and you kept saying this over and over you said that your sister is the type of person that always like looked for somebody who was struggling or hurting right and she would go yeah. and love on them you know that's yeah. just how where did that come from geo like how was she able to be like that even from a young age do you do you know i i think it's my mom and dad like it's yeah. a major part you know my mm -hmm. mom and dad just uh sharing their faith to her uh i think part of it is our church itself but i think it's just all these different practices that my mom and dad uh you know would have us do yeah to elicit empathy and care uh for others like my mom and dad are both they both serve the church so like with such joyful hearts, which is why <laughs> growing up as a teenager, it was just so annoying. Like, cause I'd be like, why do we have to do this church thing, mom, dad? Like, <laughs> I just want to do this other thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, and especially I think also it's because, you know, we come from a ministry family. Like my uncle is a pastor. Mm -hmm. A lot of my uncles are pastors. Uh, my cousins are pastors, uh, which is also why, Thanksgiving is the most annoying time of year for me mm -hmm. as a, <laughs> and I, I, if, if my family is listening to this, it, it's, it's because Thanksgiving is more church because one, <laughs> one uncle will, will, it's so annoying. So, Thanksgiving is so a revival. We'll, yeah. Like at my family, like we would have, uh, someone lead worship, uh, and then someone would like one past, like one uncle pastor would lead the sermon, or maybe it's me, you know, uh, or maybe it's my cousin, the other yeah. pastor. Uh, but some everyone has a role, and mm. like it, it's liturgical too. So we'll have worship at the beginning, and then we'll have, uh, you know, like uh, what do you call it, testimonials reports. Then we'll have a verse, and someone will lead the verse, and then mm. more songs, and then then the sermon. And then more songs, and then prayer. Then we get to eat. Yeah, but the whole thing is like a two-hour church service for our family until we actually get to eat. You know, <laughs> so I, I know my my family is not normal. I think that's part yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, but no, but I I really want to say that like mm. I really think it's because my parents taught me from uh my both my sister and I from a young age to look for and care for the people at our church. Yeah. Uh because they are our family too. Yeah. Like family isn't just blood, like they are our family too. And so like I said, like when if there's somebody who is at our church that is in the hospital, we are like right there. Like we're going to be there mm. uh as soon as we can. Like uh yeah. Uh, yeah. to the point where like I I was wondering if if I should be a chaplain instead of a pastor, like a youth pastor, mm -hmm. but that's another story. <laughs> well, you know, um, I think the person you really forgot to mention is actually, I think it's also you, man. I think it's because she saw how you lived your life and how you loved on her as a big brother. That was like a beautiful model yeah. for her 
to to make sure that she in many ways try to emulate and live the way her big brother with the way her brother lives out um his life and so i think she really followed followed that way of living because she saw you as well and how much you loved and cared for her as well so i don't think you give yourself enough credit for shaping your sister as well through it and you know i mean she did it i mean in in a, in a very tragic way but yeah. she did it unto her death even you know, when there were adults that wouldn't be willing to do it, you know what I'm saying? And she was willing yeah. to do it. And, um, you know, she did I, something that, you know, that ended very tragically, but boy, like she just lived this, like, you don't meet too many people, uh, in this world today that's willing to die for the things they really believe in. And they truly believe this is an important thing. And your sister yeah. was able to do that. And I think part of that was because of you. You know, and part of how you loved her and how she saw the way you modeled it at as a as a teenager and as a young a young adult as well. So yeah, I think it's just really powerful. Really powerful. Thank Man. You. Thank you. Yeah. Um well before we close, I mean, Sue, do you have anything else? Anything else you want to say? Because I Jill, I would love it if we just close in prayer this time. Yeah. Love and that. uh, you know, listen, this might have really hit a chord with our audience. So you know, Gio, would you just mind sharing maybe like your Instagram? Uh, or like your Facebook and maybe an email address or something like that, even now, yeah. um, you know, just so that if people want to just respond to you rather than coming through us, they can respond to you just on their own and just say, Hey, I just want to thank you for this. And they might even have questions and stuff like that. Well, we so can put it all in the show notes. Okay. Oh, in the show so notes. Don't feel not to take notes. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. We can get all yeah. the I mean, you information. Can, yeah. You can find me at, uh, on Instagram at go geo go like message oh. me. I I love making new friends and, and stuff like that Go uh, because in the past Slide into his DMs cause, peeps. Yeah. Cause in, in the past people have messaged me uh, before about grief. Mm. Um, and like, I, you know, don't be shy. Cause I, I want to walk in grief with you. And the, the reason why I'm sharing is because I think it's a, so important yeah. for us as Christians to share. Yeah. Like we can't, we can't put our, our, like yes, there's a sense of of private grief, sure, yes, sure. But like, if we are to be a community that wants to see each other grow, then part of that is sharing our 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 griefs and losses, uh, because who knows that your story might mm -hmm. end up encouraging somebody else, uh, because you lived it, you survived it, and like, there's there's so many kernels of of, of truth and wisdom uh, that other people can glean especially young mm. people who who, mm. who need who need models yeah. of, of of how to deal with with grief and loss mm. Mm. yeah yeah so anything you want to say or anything before we before well, we pray for our brother i do have well i was going to i was listening to geo talk and he was you know geo you were saying something about how um you were looking for god and god showed up in a very unexpected way through the ministry of presence from the people that surrounded you in the community yeah. and i was thinking about i don't know why i was just thinking about elijah after he did his whole spectacle at mount carmel and he was like wait it didn't yeah. work it's like well just kill me now just kill me what the heck god and i just remember god yeah. came in such an unexpected way right and i don't know to me yeah. i'm like man geo like after going through something like that like like pastor peter said mm -hmm. like a really devastating traumatic loss the fact that you were still, your heart was still um, open and sensitive to God's presence, 
I think is so amazing. And so I'm so grateful for that. I don't even know how to do it because yeah. I think a lot of times what we do is we turn away. Like I think we turn, right. our, turn yeah. our heart away from God yeah. and we're like, no, I don't want it. But mm. you were even yeah. in your pain and your loss and your just active grieving, you were still so sensitive to God showing up in your life. Um, yeah. And I'm just really blown away by that. Um, yeah. The yeah. other thing was, this is a little bit, okay, did you want to say something? No, no, like I love that you mentioned that because the other unexpected way is that what God knew what I needed. What I needed was siblings. Hmm. Like I, I needed siblings, to be honest. Hmm. That's what I needed. Uh, and sure enough, God sent me siblings. He, like, from different periods of my life, God would hmm. send me a brother or sister hmm. to help heal. Like, uh, immediately after uh, the death of my sister, there's this one guy, Michael. He's the pastor, my new pastor's son, uh, the the middle child. He had, in a way, grieve like the loss of his big brother to college. Like he's alive. He went to college, but like he was missing an older brother mm -hmm, figure. Mm -hmm. And I became that older brother figure and he became my younger mm. sibling figure. And like I got to do with him what I didn't get to do with my own sister, mm. which was to see him... Uh, you know, go to prom, to mm. see him go to like, uh, to graduate, to see him go to college, to see him graduate from college. Mm -hmm. Like, mm. like those, like those things like helped me heal, even though I didn't get to do it with my own sister. Uh, I got to do it with him. Mm. Like another, another crazy one is a God sending me a, a brother who his name is Paul. And guess what his, what his birthday is? July 4th. Hmm. And guess what? He he's a he was a junior Olympic diver, meaning he's wow. really good at swimming. Hmm. And like wow. God, like God, I think like through my relationship with him was like showing me like Yo Gio, you are grieving the loss of your sister every July fourth and fifth. But I'm gonna send you a brother hmm. who you can't help but have to celebrate his life mm -hmm. because his life is July 4th. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I'm a, I'm a living God. I'm not a dead God. Mm -hmm. We celebrate living, uh, living things That's here. Right. And That's so, right. um, so through my relationship with him, I got to go get more healing. And like, again, God keeps on sending me people after people after people to become my brothers and sisters that I, that I wish I had uh, to, to, to now like IJ being one of them. You know, yeah. his birthday is July 6th. So that's kind of funny. <laughs> mm. Wow. July uh, so, wow. Yeah. I have a question for Gio. I, I don't want to yeah. like, I don't want to go straight to the practical applications, but I sure. just wanted to know if you, and if you don't have any, you can just say you yeah. don't have any, but I was going to ask you because I know this is, um, I think we're gearing more towards people who are also have experienced loss and are grieving, but I think it's also, like you said, the community is so important. And I think sometimes as somebody who is watching a close, close person grieve, it's really difficult for us to know what to do. Um, oh, because yes. we just feel so paralyzed by like yes. the gravity of it. And we're like, what do we yeah. do? So what are some, if you have any practical things yes. like, okay, here is something that is very helpful. Okay. 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 I do. Okay. So don't don't say don't ask how are you doing. Instead, mm. just say, "Oh, it's really tough right now." Mm. 
the reason why is because yeah. you want to just allow the person to just grieve openly without judgment. Mm -hmm. So just let them do it. Just, because if you say, how are you doing? Like, obviously, I'm not right, doing well. Right. You know, like, why are you asking me that question? Like, that's that's right. how, like, uh, our, our minds great. work. And then uh, don't say he or she is in a better place. Just say, I'm I'm just sorry for your mm -hmm. for your suffering. Mm -hmm. Because you you want to concentrate on the person who is is experiencing the pain, right. um, not on on what's lost, but what's here right now. Mm. Uh, because I think that's what like I felt so overlooked often. Because uh, I'm the one that's grieving, and right. like people always made it about like my sister or something, and like I I never got like I or not never but I, I wasn't able to get like the encouragement I needed just so, so just acknowledge just hey I'm sorry that you're suffering yeah. um, don't say uh oh this one please let me know if there's anything I could do for you hmm. oh no uh, I think that, that sounds that great one. yeah no no that sounds great and all but what I think what we really need is like be more specific in how you want to mm. help uh, the person because yeah. Sometimes when I'm grieving, like I don't know, like if I could come back to you and ask, like what I need. Yeah. You know. Uh, right. So it's just important to to just say, like, hey, uh, I'm gonna come over with meals. Um, can I do that? You know, or like yeah. hey, I'm gonna come over, uh, and we you could play with my dog, you know, or whatever, you know. Um, so be more specific in how you like want to help. Yeah. Don't give the person um, who's grieving the responsibility of trying to figure that out. Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Please. Yeah. Please. Please do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, oh, I know how you feel. Oh. Like that one, that one mm. like hurts because mm. like, don't like, even if you did go through like a loss, like, like it's kind of like what I said about uh, the grief is like putting us in different planets. Right. Like don't speak to the person uh, like, like knowing that you know how they feel. Like just don't don't assume you know how they feel is what I'm yeah. trying to say. So instead, like say something like, uh, "Oh, you know, I can I can imagine how you're feeling, but you know, or I can't imagine how you're feeling." Yeah, you know? yeah. And then sometimes, uh, and yeah, then oh yeah, yeah keep go going, keep going. No, keep going. Sorry. And then uh, oh, this is the worst one for yeah, me. Yeah, I think uh, you're gonna I say will, it. Like, yeah, I want to punch somebody. Yeah, yeah because. Yeah. Uh, this this literally happened, and I literally wanted to punch that person who said this, uh, and, and it led to I'm me scared. being unhealthy. Was, no, I know what you're going to say. Uh, maybe, yeah, it's, it's this. Yeah. You have to be strong for your parents. Your oh. parents are grieving right now. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. That is a death blow. You know, yeah, yeah. And or just saying you have to be that. strong. Church leaders who said that. Yeah, oh, church leaders. So yeah, yeah, and yeah, and. Uh, yeah, so you don't have to be, or you have to be strong for your blank. Mm. Like, yep. mm. no, like, don't say that. Mm -hmm. Like, because then you're like telling them how to grieve. So just tell them, like, hey, it's okay to feel what you're feeling. That's yeah. it. You know, you know um, um, an advice that I got when I lost a friend on 9 11 was why you, why you sad, um, you know, he's in heaven with God. And I was just like, and Christians <laughs> yes. say that stuff too. It's just like, hey, Gio, don't worry. Your sister's in heaven with God. And it's just like, yeah. are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? Like, so that's supposed to help me grieve, you know, and stuff. Yeah. And so I think, I think sometimes Christians, they just don't know how to deal with loss. Right. And they treat yeah. it as such an abnormality that they just, they'll say the worst things to hurt you. And they're trying to comfort you, but it still doesn't give it any excuse. 
but yeah yeah so Thank but you uh, for those. And, yeah, those are great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank oh, you. Oh, and everything yeah. happens for a reason. Oh man, don't say that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. say that, please. Oof. Yeah. Take yeah, that. don't say that. Oh yeah. Gio, um, first of all, before we pray for you, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for thank you, Gio. uh coming on this on this on this podcast. But more importantly, thank you for um keep going. Thank you for not quitting the ministry. Um, thank you for not allowing a loss like this devastate you to the point where you become so deeply jaded and you mm-hmm. walk away but you're still like this incredible light yeah. uh at your church but everywhere you go you know you're 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 shining this light and it's so sh- it's so it's so bright because you're able to wrestle and deal and even accept loss and try to figure out and how to grieve through all of it and i just want to thank you i respect you so much as a leader as a pastor but as a brother and just as somebody who's trying to walk this life living their life for mm-hmm. jesus the best they can and understanding that you know that they go through the worst things of life and losses and yet you're still able to to stand where you are today and say god still loves me and i'm here and i'm going to continue to be a force to advance his kingdom you are you are an absolute inspiration so Mm -hmm. thank you so much thank you so much for not quitting and continuing to move forward and uh and continuing to be this light in the midst of all that you've had to go through so thank you so much thank you i'm gonna pray i'm gonna pray and then we will close it out all right yeah, let's Sounds pray. Good. God, I thank you for Gio's life. And uh, I'm really sad uh, to have learned of his story this late. And uh, God, only you can understand the depth of what he has gone through in his life. That's right. And I just pray for him. I, I just pray, God, that uh, you'll just continue to be with him. And um, God, I just pray that he would just that he would know how proud you are of him, mm-hmm. that you're so proud. He is your beloved and whom you are so well pleased with, God, that he's gone through the toils of life. He's gone through so much loss. And God, he's able to still say you are faithful and you love him. Mm-hmm. And God, that he still wants to be a minister and a leader. And what an example he is. But I just pray you just guide him. I just pray for just his heart. God, that you just continue to watch over him. Thank you that he loves people he loves mm-hmm. the people that you've called him to minister to thank you that he loves his mother and father where he gave up a lot of years even in college where he wanted to be there for them and he stayed at home when he could have lived on campus mm-hmm. god i just pray for a season in his life even if you might be experiencing now that's great but i just pray for a season just where you would just continue to guide him and god that he would experience the spring and the summer seasons of his life that's right. and god whatever that looks like i pray that you would give him the courage to receive mm-hmm. everything you want him to receive god mm-hmm. thank you for his heart god and thank you for his ability just to minister to us our audience but to everywhere he goes and god i just pray for a fresh anointing for this man i pray for deeper weighty words and i pray that you'll just continue to open doors god where he can continue to minister to your people yes. young people not just in la and california but all over the world god that you would just use him and God, that you would bless him, Lord, as he does that, God. So I thank you for this time. And I pray, God, if there's other areas where he's still grieving, of course, the loss of his sister. And God, that you'll just continue to continue to allow him to grieve and heal, God, and continue to be the person that uh, that he is becoming who is more like you, God. So thank you for this, brother. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. And again, if you guys have any thoughts, you know, we're going to put up Gio's info. Um, but I thought your Instagram handle is great. You know, like, go, 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 Gio, go, go. Well, that's how, that's how yes. I'm going to remember your Instagram handle. Go, Gio, go. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but 
but we'll uh, we'll put all that up on the uh, on on social media so this way people can respond to this. But thank you so much, Gio, for uh, for coming on and for being our thank guest you, again. Gio. Thank you all. All right, guys. Listen, have a great day. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Bye.